And I, I got to use one of your favorite quotes the other night at a party. What? Shooting the shit back. What the hell's going on behind you? That's the rain. Don't don't worry about it. Oh, that's rain. Yeah. I was gonna say printer does not sound good. No, it's the I have a uh, skylight in the studio, and when it mm. rains, it just pounds on it. But go ahead. So we were just shooting the shit for a couple of hours, and then he's getting ready to leave. He goes, "Now you know what you've got to do." And I said, now with your dick and him pushing. <laughs> <laughs> and he cracked up. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. And welcome to show 501, or as we like to call it, season two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Faster and furiouser? Yeah, something like that. Electric Boogaloo? Right. Oh, there you go. Season two, Not Electric Boogaloo? But you have to be turbo. I want to be showing off. Yeah. Wait, no, wait. Show Enough was Last Dragon. Oh, right? that was Last Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. Yes. Leave me alone. Yes, you are. Leave me alone. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't think I ever saw Electric Boogaloo. I mean, I know what it's about. It's about dancing. It's about, yeah, breakdancing. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's one of those weird, like, movies from the mid 80s where they took a concept of something that was going on in pop culture and like shot out a movie within months of like this like breakdancing becoming a thing and Mm -hmm. everybody went to go see it so they made a sequel and the sequel came out like the same year as the first one and uh did like gangbusters at the box office and like Jean-Claude Van Damme's in it dancing in the background at one point like oh jeez it's really bizarre I don't remember if he's in the first one or the second one it's not really something that um it's not one of those movies that I really want to go back and watch again yeah yeah I don't I don't think it would age well Mm. there's like a scene in one of them where one of the guys is like they did that like dancing on the ceiling thing where they they spin the room upside down and he's like break dancing on oh. the ceiling and mm-hmm. he's got a magic broom at one point and you know, it's very bizarre. Okay. So I don't need to see it. And the guy, the guy that was in it, the main guy, he just died. Oh, uh, break it. Let's see. No. What if I break into uh, the guy that was, what's his name? Is that Shabba Ranks? Yeah, Shabba Ranks. Shabadoo. Okay. Shabadoo. Shabadoo. Yeah. 
And then the other guy, Turbo, his his street name was Boogaloo Shrimp. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Which is the name of my cover band. Boogaloo, <laughs> Boogaloo, Boogaloo Shrimp. Shrimp. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. It's a little fucked up, though, that they that they give top billing to the white woman on IMDb. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's probably the only way they could get a white woman in the movie. Who hasn't acted since 1990. Oh, whatever. Yeah, Shabadoo died in December of last year. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Did he get buried in his cardboard box? Cardboard box. Like, yeah, you know how the break dancers would have like their big sheets of, of cardboard. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was into it much after. No. That. No. Oh. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so while we were off last week to relive episode one, um, uh-huh. we missed talking about um, the season finale possible series finale of falcon and the winter soldier Mm -hmm. um huge gigantic episode lots of questions were answered some questions were asked that they didn't really um answer there was a couple of reveals that people saw coming a mile away yep um overall i think it was a really really good episode Mm -hmm. um i think I think Marvel has really um, tuned into the audience of black America that is also comic book fans. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think that the way that they were able to weave in a narrative that while it's taking place a couple of years in the future in a fictional society where half the people were snapped out and then brought back, the relevancy of of what's going on now with with the black population in America and mm-hmm. then being able to tell a story in a Marvel TV show that echoed that yeah. is just a testament to that writer's room. Um have have you watched the uh the assembled episode, the yeah. making of episode? Yes, I did. That there's that is the compositing work on that six episodes was amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it's like, it was seamless, but you know, they, they showed all the shots there. They had the sky skydivers and the flying squirrel suits and they all had, you know, um, webcams on them and how they used some of that footage. And then they put Anthony Mackie's head on it. And, It was just incredible. Yeah, and and one of the one of the producers, I think I think it was in there, said something that you and I had talked about, where, um, I guess Marvel basically said to Disney, "You can't, you can't make this like a TV show. You have right. to make six one-hour movies, or else this mm-hmm. doesn't work." Right. And I guess because of the amount of money that Marvel has made Disney, Disney just stepped aside and said, do whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. And it shows. I mean, there there were shots where they were on a road in Atlanta 
that they then had to turn around and make look like Germany. Yes. And like they show, they show the plate shot where the only thing that they didn't replace was the actor. Mm -hmm. Everything else was changed behind him. Everything. And it's all, it's all like top notch professional green screened. It's not even green screen. They just rotoscoped it out. And I don't know if you've ever done any rotoscoping, it sucks and it's time consuming and it's, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to do well. And the fact that they were able to do it on six one hour episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, there's a, there's a series on YouTube on a, on a channel called corridor crew. Um, and they do like um, VFX artists, artists react or stunt men react and this last Saturday was stuntmen and it was the guy, um, their special guests were the guy that doubles Black Panther and the guy that doubles Falcon. Okay. And he, had, he, they used him for the TV show and they were talking about the things that, um, the, the stunts that they were doing. And he said, you know, Anthony Mackie does a bunch, but anything that they consider too dangerous, I step in and do. And he said, mm-hmm. but I also come up with his moves. Right. So anytime that you see him do like a, a rolling kick or something in the in the harness, that's me. Okay. And so they showed previous shots of mm-hmm. um, the the truck fight on top of the yes. two trucks and yep. how the guys um, in pre-production decided on the camera moves and then they went to Marvel and said, this is what we think would work. And Marvel said, let's get the, the shoot to do that. And so now you're talking about stunt guys, um, controlling the action and then controlling the visual effects because what they think is cool looks from a certain shot, then the VFX team has to go and make. So it's Mm -hmm. like this weird symbiotic, um, and you don't see that very often. You don't see stunts having a an impact on production like that. Right. Because normally it's production saying, well, here's where the camera's going to be, so set it up to work from that camera position. Uh-huh. And this is the stunt guy saying, this works, this is where you need to put that camera. Right. And then the VFX guys have to come in and say, well, now we have to replace the entire background. Um, but if it looks cool, then that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I really like those um, assembled shows. I really think that they I, did, so I, ha- I hadn't watched the WandaVision one. Okay. Um, so I watched that before the Falcon Winter Soldier one. Is it? And Go ahead. I was going to say, it. you know, some of the stuff they showed was that, you know, I mean, they did a lot of wire work and most of it was uh, Wanda mm-hmm. until until Agatha was revealed and she said that like, you know, Disney had to choreograph this, this wire fight sequence. Yep. Yep. And, and it's, they had like three wire rigs at the same time going on. Yep. And yeah. Now, don't you think that, um, pre CGI vision is like the stuff of nightmares? Yes. With Paul Bettany walking around with his ear sticking out. 
What? Well, yeah, and the fact that when they were shooting the black and white, he was in blue makeup. Yep, because, because that's because of the hue. Best in black and white. Yes. Yep. But yes. and apparently that's something that they actually did in the 40s and the 50s when they were making yes. television is mm-hmm. they would like it'd be outrageous colors just because that's what looked best in black and white. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause they showed like the bright blue yep. um, of the, uh, uh, of the kitchen set Yep. and how, you know, nobody's going to see this because it's being filmed in black and white. And it's like, uh, it's really interesting though. Cause if they painted it in in black and white and shades of gray, it wouldn't look the same. Right, and then and then Marvel going as far as like um, putting taking out the audience seats and putting in chairs that would have been in the audience in the forties or the fifties, mm-hmm. and yes. then like the crew shows up dressed as dressed in period as yes. a film crew from the fifties, yes. and you're like, wow, yeah. okay, that's that's that is a crew that really loves what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Cause that's dedication because you and I have worked with a bunch of assholes that would have been like, no, fuck you. I'm going to wear <laughs> jeans and a t-shirt. Uh huh. But you know, they're, they're the professional Marvel, Marvel crew. That's going to be like, no, I'll do that. Sure. Sure. And knowing that 95% of the time they're replacing vision's head. Yeah. And everything, but like his, his eyes, nose and mouth in order to get the look that they wanted is, fucking just maddening to think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was also interesting to me on falcon and winter soldier the problems they had with um andrew mackey's cowl oh yeah and having to go back it, in and and, and digitally and fix smooth it. it out so it didn't look weird and yep. yeah <laughs> it's like Okay, so did you really need Anthony Mackie to be in this? Couldn't you have just done it all digitally? Well, yeah, they could, but they're still not up to, like, you know, a, a decent-looking no. digital human without some kind of interaction or some, t- some kind of, like, motion capture or whatever. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it was also interesting that, to hear all the problems that they had with um, wanting to shoot in Puerto Rico. Yes. And the problems of, well, they had a, they had a, um, an earthquake. Okay. Well, is it still safe to go shoot? Well, yeah. I mean, we can still go and shoot. And then they have a second earthquake and then they're like, well, now we can't go shoot. Right. And then COVID hits. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that like a bunch of stuff that they shot in Atlanta, they addressed for Puerto Rico. Right. And so when they moved to Prague, now they're trying to find things that fit that look like they could fit in Puerto Rico because mm-hmm. now they're having to like put that into a Prague set. Right. So like yeah, like that that's the the the, the logistics of that. And then they're in Prague and then COVID hits and then they're like we're flying everybody out. Yeah. Like okay, wake everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> pack your shit. At five eight five p.m., you're going to be on a plane. Yeah, that, or five a.m. Five a.m. That's crazy. Yeah, but it's great that they were able to do that. Yeah, you know, instead of like, ah, oh, just screw it, you'll be fine. I mean, it definitely pushed back their production because they were supposed to go first. Well, and I thought I would think that 
other production companies would have just said, suck it up and, you know, get the shot. Whereas Disney and Marvel were like, no, you're coming home. Well, I don't, I, I also don't think Prague would have allowed them to stay. I, well, yeah. I think at that point they were clearing out all the foreign people that, that didn't belong in the country. Cause that's when they were, they were starting to lock countries down. Hmm. So they may not yeah. have, they may have, they may have been told like, you got to get your people out of here. Like, yeah. Please come back and finish, but you can't. But, but go home. But go home. Bye-bye. Yeah. See, and that, that's always the thing that makes me laugh when I hear about that, um, the Tom Cruise thing, when he screamed at the people mm-hmm. for not wearing their masks. And he did that thing of like, Hollywood is looking at us because the world is looking at Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. yeah because we're going to be how people do it. And it's like, but they're already. Disney was already in production and like shifted gears on a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. to get their stuff out. Like as t- I guess as bit as much as Tom Cruise wants to act like a hero, you know, sometimes <laughs> you got to take that shit with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yep. Because if you look at what Disney did, Disney, Disney had several things in the pipeline for Disney plus that were, directly affected but from covid mm-hmm. and they for like mandalorian they just were like hey we're gonna set up systems so the vfx guys can work from home and yeah. we're gonna set it up so that wandavision people can work from home and like then you look at the walking dead and they're like yeah we're gonna have to delay the the finale because we can't do the visual effects and it's like but why like if these guys are doing it over here and like i've i've read about the pipeline for walking dead like they're meant to be remote right so why is that such a big deal but i don't know i don't get it you don't get it whatever yeah but it i mean that show was just so well done yeah and the cast they assembled and the the pulls from uh the comics and stuff were just amazing and you know, it, they again they took two characters that don't have a ton of screen time. Yep. And made them interesting. Yeah. I gave d- them this whole story that you never knew. I've heard a lot of people talk about like like um Bucky Barnes is not the most interesting character in that Avengers lineup. Like he's he's one of the least interesting. Yeah. And yet they were able to take it and make him you make him feel sorry for him and set him on this journey of redemption. And by the end you're like, wow, like I would watch a movie with Bucky in it, like as, as a main character. Mm -hmm. And they did the same thing with, with Falcon or Captain America now. Yep. And I think uh, watching Anthony Mackie talk about them giving Sam Wilson, the, the, the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I think he even said it in the show, like the, 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 the little black kids that are watching that, mm-hmm. that are going to see that and be like, um, okay, here's something that I can relate to and I can aspire to. And the weight of that, like you can see it affect him. Mm-hmm. And, 
Anthony Mackie was always one of those guys that always seemed in all the behind the scenes footage to be a little bit full of himself. Yeah. And now I look at him in behind the scenes stuff and it's like, no, he's actually a really decent actor now that he's kind of gotten over that. And he understands, even though it's a comic book film, what weight that carries. Oh yeah. And I feel like Chadwick Boseman might've been a big hand in that. Hmm. Seeing the world react to black Panther and seeing seeing the black community embrace Wakanda and a black superhero and then to have that person die I think sets up Anthony Mackie to be that symbol for for the black community mm-hmm. and I don't know what they're going to do with Black Panther 2 there's, there's now reports that um, Michael B. Jordan is coming back as Killmonger oh which I don't know how they explain that, but whatever. And, you know, maybe they do the same thing they did with Bucky with him and make him a good guy. Oh, yeah, could be. You know, and then have him take over. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a lot of gray area in in Marvel. You know, characters that start off as, as being good and they transition to being villains and vice versa, so. Yeah, and... and with the with the entrance of the multiverse, mm-hmm. I feel like they could pluck a different Killmonger out that never went down that path and was part of Wakanda. Sure. And he gets stuck, you know, in the prime universe or whatever and takes over. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just think it would be an interesting, you know, an idea to bring back a character like that. Yeah. But speaking of, of superhero shows, did you watch the finale of Invincible? Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was live action? Well, they're doing a live action version. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to do that. Because it was like 30 minutes of Omni-Man beating the shit out of his son. Oh, yeah. And bloody reaching through the guy's skull and, and crushing his brain and yep. all of that shit. It's like, Oh my God. Yep. There, there was the scene, the scene where Omni-Man throws him through the building. Yes. And onto the street and causes all this carnage. And then he flies up to save the mother and the kid. Yeah. And the building falls and all he's holding onto is her arm. Yeah. I was like, holy fuck. Like, like this is, I guess, I guess the live action version would be very similar to the boys. I, I think it would be even bloodier, but yeah, it, that they would have to ratchet that blood up by 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there are blood stains everywhere in this show. (laughs) Like they're just all over the place. And it's, being that that I I liked Walking Dead and then I don't like Walking Dead, I was yeah. real hesitant about this because it is the same guy that that created it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like this is where he should have put more time in than The Walking Dead. Like I just feel like this is a way better universe, and I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with a live action version of this because I don't know mm-hmm. how you do that. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it was. It, it's a really messed up episode. I mean, the whole thing like has a lot of blood and a lot of a, a lot of like what would be considered gore in live action, but. Because it's a cartoon, they can just kind of get away with anything. Yeah. It's not real. No. It's not real. Uh, the the uh, the remains of the, the robot in the big tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had speculated that like there was more than one of those guys. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that, yes, actually there was. And... Yep. Um, there was actually somebody controlling them and uh and it kind of reminded me of dune like like the big tanks full of like of the navigators yeah something like that yeah yeah like like it was like grotesque and like deformed and like kind of like um total recall meets dune or something yeah yeah like it's weird but I know there's so much carnage at the end of that show. It's like, how how do you <laughs> come back from this? And now it seems like everybody in the universe is going to come after him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely that whole, like, setting up, like, future seasons where it's just going to be one hurdle after the other for him. Mm-hmm. Well, then they can go to the Freak of the Week format. This week it's the Lava Rockman planet, and <laughs> he defeats them. And then next week it's you know something else. But I don't necessarily know if if it's set up to be the Freak of the Week thing. So no, no. I would like to see them do another story arc because Omni Man's still out there. He's just oh yeah went away. He's, he's not gone. I think people, I've read something online that people were, were wanting um, the guy who does the voice for Omni-Man. Uh, J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons. To do the live action thing. And I was like, he's too old. Yeah. Like, I, I, I truly feel like he might be too old. But somebody had, um, you know, the artist Boss Logic? Who does like a mm. bunch of like he takes like people and puts them in like superhero costumes. Maybe he did a, um, he did a drawing of, um, John Hamm as Omni-Man. Oh, with a mustache. Okay. And he looks yeah. really good. So I hope that somebody sees that. Interesting. Yeah. I watched the uh, the new Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. this week. <laughs> Why? Well, because I have HBO Max, and I wouldn't have necessarily gone to see it in a movie theater, but okay. because they're doing the thing where they're releasing it online at the same time as in the theater, yeah, I've given a whole bunch of stuff a chance that I normally wouldn't have. Okay. Um, I watched Godzilla vs. King Kong, or whatever uh. that was called. Yeah. Um, and I watch Mortal Kombat. And I will tell you that I am very impressed with Mortal Kombat. 
Really? Okay. I liked it way more than I thought I would. Hmm. And it 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 is not if you saw the 1995 movie, yeah, with um, Christopher Lambert as Raiden. Okay. Um, and you're thinking that this is going to be that? It's not. Oh, it's almost okay. a prequel. Um, set up for multiple sequels, um, but a very like defined starting point. Uh-huh. And it's it's the the beginning is very much the origin story of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Uh-huh. And then you get backstories on other characters. Um but it's all character building with some fights thrown. Okay. And it just it it's a lot better than I was expecting for a Mortal Kombat movie. Oh, that's cool. So, I don't think you would enjoy it, but if anybody else out there likes that kind of stuff, they might. Mm-hmm. I just know of it because back in that place we worked, <laughs> they would play that in the break room a lot. Oh, the original? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's been my only exposure to it. Oh, okay. Well... That's not the best movie. The first no? one. No. And I want to say, wasn't there a TV show that uh, was shot in that place? Mortal Kombat? There, okay. Let me think there were this. several TV shows filmed down there in the 80s sheena queen of the jungle right uh, but there was there was a specific soundstage that housed a set and it was supposed to be an outdoor um like market village set there was yes I do not remember that at and all. And I could have sworn that that was Mortal Kombat. But okay. I'm looking to see if I can find an actual TV show from them. Hmm. Um, don't let me see if I can do this another way. I mean, for a while, they were filming a lot of crappy TV down there. <laughs> Thunder in Paradise, the uh, the Hulk Hogan TV show. Right. Um, there was a spy thing. I don't can't even remember what the name was. But I think it was on, what's it called, Heroes and Icons for a while. Okay. Because they had shown several of those old TV shows. So it was then, a, it was a TV show called Mortal Kombat Conquest. Okay. Was filmed there. And specifically in one of those sound stages. Okay. Um and it's that that set I want to say sat there for a really long time because 
on the tour, they would take you to there and then take you to the game show set next door. Really? And then I think they got rid of it to do the weekend thing for that other thing. <laughs> if I'm going to be uh, nondescript. I, uh, I, I do not remember that at all. Okay. I do not remember that at all. Oh, you, you could. And apparently, apparently you can watch the season of this on HBO Max. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. There's your homework. I know. Oh, it looks really bad. Yeah, I bet. But I'm sure I know a lot of people doing stunts in it. <laughs> That's crazy. See, I, I, I knew that there was something there. And it filmed from 98 to 99. Mm-hmm. So I was there as they were filming. Because I, I started down there in 98. Huh. Well, I probably don't remember it because I was at that place for adults at that time. <laughs> and then I went to that place for the animals. <laughs> Oh, such code, man. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, uh the only the only name that I recognize on this cast list. Uh-huh. Is Jamie Presley. Wait a minute, Jamie Presley from My Name is Earl? Yes. She did 3 episodes. No. Yeah. What was it called? Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat Conquest. And Combat is spelled with a K. Yeah, I just got corrected. <laughs> oh, Ava Mendez was in it too and for an episode. Really? Yeah. Pilo Montalban. But you know, this is 1998, so chances are like she wasn't a big name back then. Oh no. Definitely not. I mean, if you're getting cast in Mortal Kombat Conquest, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but hey, I mean, I guess it's a living. I guess they paid, so. Hey, that's it. Gig's a gig. That's right. Especially when you're an actor. I see Ava Mendez. Now, see, this would be the thing that if, if, Jamie Presley was ever at some like convention somewhere signing autographs. Mm -hmm. I would find like an eight by 10 of her character in Mortal Kombat to sign so that she would be like, holy Ugh. shit. <laughs> Cause you know, nobody's giving her this shit to sign. Oh no, not at all. Oh my God. Okay. So, so far I've seen two people I know who were three people I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, this is so like when you watch movies or and TV shows that are filmed in like Vancouver, you see mm -hmm. a lot of the same actors, right? Yeah. Because, because it's a, it's a, it's a pool that they're picking from and like, Oh, Okay. We're done doing continuums, so now you can go do this TV show, and then you can go do right. this. So you, there's a lot of 
overlap. So I wonder how much overlap there is between like Mortal Kombat Conquest and like Sequest. Because that was filming down there kind of at the same time, too. Oh, I'm sure there was. But that was at Universal, right? Uh, mm, I think they filmed that at Universal. For the most part, yeah. But there was an underwater tank ass. Um, the oh, place? there's pictures of her. There's quite a few pictures of her. Of? Jamie Presley in Mortal Kombat. Oh. There's some good ones. Well, yeah. the next time that I, I meet her, I'll be sure to pull one of those up and be like, hey, can you sign this? Yeah. And then she'll be like, no. Apparently she was in a magazine called Ultra for Men. Jamie Presley? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. When she was really young. I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you're scrolling through the pictures on the Mortal Kombat Conquest IMDb page, mm-hmm. the all the indoor shit is what was in that um, what was in that soundstage. Okay. Oh, Wait, I don't time. see any pictures. On the if if you click on photos on the Mortal Kombat. Conquest one? Yeah. At the top? Oh, I'm on the full cast and crew page. Oh, excuse me. I still... Oh, there's photo gallery. It's not a lot of pictures. No. I mean, I don't think it... I I mean, it only lasted a season, so it couldn't have been that good. And it looks very late 90s. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I couldn't really make anything out from these pictures. Well, then you should watch it on HBO Max. You sure they didn't film this over at Epcot? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Well, that's exciting. I mean, today I, I was this years old when I found out that they that Mortal Kombat had a TV show that was filmed in Central Florida. Yeah, I mean, uh, the pictures of Jamie Presley she she was hot back then for sure, and then yeah. skimpy little outfits. I mean, good for her, I guess. She's one of those people that hasn't aged particularly well. You don't think so? I don't, well, okay, I'll say this. I don't think she looks good with short hair. Okay. And when she was on, what was that show, Mother? Mom. Mom. She She still is. Last season. Oh, okay. She's got like super short, like a boy haircut. And I don't think she looks good like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For a while, she was in a fat suit. That was pretty funny. (laughs) I haven't watched network television in over a year or so. Yeah. I don't know what's on anymore and what's not. You could be lying to me about that. I don't know. Uh, maybe I am. <laughs> so as we're recording this, is tonight the Batwoman premiere with the new Kate Kane? 
No, she's already what? come and gone. Oh, okay. Then that I had read an article where the new Kate Kane was talking about being in the show, and I thought they were like bringing her backpack. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that would be really shitty. A really oh, apparently, shitty thing yes. To do. It was on last night, I think. Oh, okay. That'd be a really shitty thing to do is to bring her back and then kick out the new girl. Yeah. Well, apparently the the, the actress like auditioned right after Ruby Rose left the show. Yeah, and then they were like, yeah, we're going in a different direction. Yeah. But we'll call you if we ever bring Kate back. And she was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then apparently she did. Well, that's exciting. Did you know there was a website called Movie Stills? Movie Stills DB. DB.com? DB. Yes. I did not know that. There's also screencaps.org. Oh. But a lot of movie stills pre 2000 are shitty quality. Yeah, I could imagine. So I I clicked on a link from Google for one of the Jamie Presley pictures, uh-huh. which brought me to the Mortal Kombat Conquest page. And then I clicked on her name and it says no pictures. No media? Like, that's weird. <laughs> hmm. Wow. I was this year's old when I found out they had this website. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a, a new version since it's uh still so popular. <laughs> well, you never know, you know. Yeah. Well, there's some like decent sized pictures on this website yeah <clears throat> and there's some really bad screen caps <laughs> lobby card categories that's kind of cool yeah huh wow. interesting well 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 this is something that we all have to look through there you go. Jumping down the rabbit hole. Yeah, no doubt. Tune in later, folks. No. I mean, it's not that exciting. No. You can watch anything else? Uh, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> this, I, I really liked this last episode. Okay. Because some of the original ducks came back. Oh. Was Pacey and, there? Um, which one is he? I don't know. He's the one that went on to Dawson's Creek. No, Pacey wasn't there. Oh. I think because he's Canadian. Oh. He wasn't able to, to make it out. Oh, okay. Um, but it was some of the some of the kids as adults who were in all all three of the um 
spin-offs and stuff. Did they bring back the goalie that had all like the meth problems? No. <laughs> Damn. No. No, it was it was the 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 one girl, not the ice skater, but the other girl, and it was the the really tall kid who didn't know how to skate, and it was the kid who was always doing the uh, uh, the Rob Schneider stuff. Okay. It's the Coachmeister. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, um, Emilio Estevez says something to him about, he's like, you're still doing that, huh? Like, well, no, but I knew how much you liked it. So I started doing it again. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> um, but it was, it was really well done. A lot of feels. Okay. Um, I went back and watched the first movie and it just doesn't stand up. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, this new show is, is contemporary and stuff and it's totally different, but. I, I liked, and apparently there's, there's anticipation of a, a season two and, you know, they'll bring back more of the kids as that goes on. Right. It's kind of like what they're doing on Cobra Kai. Yeah, where they're, exactly. They're like anybody who's still acting, they're just pulling in. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was watching an episode of the greatest American hero. Oh, Jesus. And Billy Zapko was on it playing a nerd. Oh, really? Yes. That's interesting. Because he, he was known for bullies in the 80s. Yeah, I know, right? Or like... like. This must have been just him starting out. Okay. We showed the kid the first Karate Kid movie the other day. Yeah. Because um, she's watched all of Cobra Kai. And... Okay she didn't get a whole, like a lot of the references. And so oh. AMC plus has all the karate kid films. And okay. so we were showing it to her and Johnny shows up and, and she's like, who's that? Like, that's Johnny. That doesn't look like Johnny. I said, well, that's what he looked like when he was a kid. Right. Um, and she was like, wow, he looks so different. And I was like, they all look different. Right. I was like, that's not what Ralph Macchio looks like now with the bad comb over. Like, oh, he know, actually right? had hair then. And so we got to the end and he does the crane kick and she's like, oh, okay, now I understand. <laughs> and like, it, it never occurred to me, even though that they show the stuff in the TV show. Yeah. And like, it starts out with the crane kick, like the context of what it meant to build up to that with having having the guy hit him in the leg and then Johnny hit him in the leg and like he's barely able to stand and he he decides to do that like gets lost if you haven't seen right. any of the movies so it's she now has a a concept of like of of what it meant in the show and then so then she wanted to watch part 2 because a bunch of the people from part 2 show up in Cobra Kai mm-hmm. so we've started watching that and Johnny's in the beginning of that and then that section ends and she was like so is he in it uh, anymore and I was like no that was his entire scene wow I was like now you're moving on to the Okinawa stuff and now you're going to see all the people that you saw in in season three and then that was like that's the guy 
who he fought and she was like, Oh really? Cause she's not, she's not connecting like, cause we saw them as kids or as right. like younger. And now right. we can, we can tell that they're older and stuff, but she's not making that connection. So mm. it's been interesting. Cause like the first karate kid is a very, very eighties film. Oh yeah. It's very dated. Yeah. And you're like, wow. Okay. Some of those jokes don't land. Some of like, but that was the time that they were told in. So whatever. Like there's a lot of like, um, I don't know how well you remember the movie, but there's a scene where there's people drinking beer on Mr. Miyagi's truck. And he like, he does a karate chop and like chops the top of the beer bottles off. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. they're saying all kinds of horrible racist, like anti-Asian shit to him. Uh-huh. And I was like, that would never fly now. Holy shit. <laughs> but, you know, teaching, teaching the kid that like, no, this is just the way it was back then. You know, uh-huh. we were a bunch of assholes then. We're trying to get better. <laughs> Some of us are doing a better job than others. I also watched, um, I've been watching the original um, Robert Rodriguez movies that he made. The El Mariachi and Desperado. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Okay. I watched, um, I did a combination where I watched the movie and then he's always done what he's called 10-minute film schools where it's all behind the scenes stuff of how he made whatever the movie was. And, um, so I watched each, the movie and then one of those, and it's amazing what one person can do with a video camera. Really? Yeah. Like he, he, he does this thing, um, especially in El Mariachi because he was shooting on film on 16 millimeter and he didn't have, he didn't have enough film to shoot everything that he wanted. So he had to get creative. And so when he's, doing a dialogue scene where he's on one person. Um, he would tell the person, um, pause in between each of your lines. And what he would do is he would zoom the camera in for the next line. And then then when he would pause again, he'd pull out a little bit and then he'd pause and he'd pull all the way back out and then he'd pause and he'd go all the way back in so that it looked like they had done a bunch of different takes. Okay. All off the same roll of film so that when you cut it together, it looks like they did all this coverage, but it's really only one take. It's just shot at different focal lengths to to make it look different. Oh, okay. That kind of stuff always fascinates me because that's thinking your way out of a problem. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, we don't have, we're not shooting on digital. We don't have hours to do this. You get one take, and this is how you make it look more expensive than what it is. Okay. So, you know, shit like that. And that follows all the way through to Once Upon a Time in Mexico, because he shot he shot that totally digitally um, based on the recommendation from George Lucas. Oh. Um, to shoot things digitally, because it was, I think it was right before Phantom Menace? No, not Phantom Menace. What was the last one? 
uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, where Lucas had shot everything digitally, and Robert Rodriguez did it, um, and he was he was going in and saying like we did this and we didn't have guns, we didn't have real guns that fired blanks, so we had these rubber guns, so it was really easy to put in all the muzzle flashes and all the the shell casings because it was digital. You weren't having to scan film. It was just already in the computer. Right. So, you know, shit like that's always fascinating to watch because people nowadays are like, well, I don't have like a red camera, so I can't really do a good film. And it's like, well, no, you could shoot a good film with your iPhone. Like you just have to know how to do it. It's all about story. Yeah. You don't have a good story, you know. If you have a good story and people can hear it, they'll forgive shitty visuals. Oh sure, all day long. Mhm. Mhm. That's my advice to all you filmmakers out there. <laughs> Work on the story. There you go. Because aren't we all storytellers? Isn't that what it's all about? That's what they say. The, the human yeah. experience is one story. Mhm. Your story is different than everybody else's. That's right. You're unique, just like everybody else. <laughs> wow. Um, we also didn't talk about the Oscars. No. Did that, we? No, we didn't. <laughs> what a shit show. I, Did I, you watch any of it? I didn't watch any of it. I heard that the ratings were way down. I heard that there was a controversy at the end where... I guess people were expecting Chadwick Boseman to win. Yep. And then it was um, Anthony Hopkins, and then they just ended the show? Because he wasn't there, and he didn't record anything. So, yeah, they really fucked up. Wow. I mean, so so did they handle it as, like... I know that they were saying there, was, there wasn't going to be any, like, Zoom-recorded... Acceptance speeches. No, they had different people in different venues socially distanced. Okay. So, I mean, they were in Union Station. They were in a, a bunch of different places. And it was a very urban-centric award show. Okay. Like, almost blatantly obvious. So, so the knee-jerk reaction of... Oscars are too white. Exactly. Went okay. the totally different way. Okay. Um, I didn't like the fact that they, there was no entertainment for three and a half hours. It was just boring awards after awards. They didn't show film clips. They did the best song nominees during the pre-show, which I think was shitty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they, they, apparently could not figure out how to do this seamlessly because it was just a shit show. I mean, but didn't, what did they expect though? It was a year where nobody went to the movies. Right. Well, and that's just it too. It's like, they're talking about all these films and they're like, I didn't see any of this shit, nor do I have any interest in it. Right. I mean, I, one of the reasons I didn't watch was because that I looked at the nominees and I hadn't seen any of them. I I think the only thing that I had saw the entire year was Tenant, and that okay. that was up for best visual effects. I didn't see Soul. I didn't see 
any of the other animated films. I was just like, I don't care about this year. Yeah, and they let everybody speak. And, you know, like costume designers going on for 10 minutes and it's like jesus christ <laughs> yeah that that would have been the in awards earlier this evening right exactly at the technical so, oscars uh, yep yep yeah it was really bad i'm really surprised that they let it go like that because their big thing was like they wanted people to watch yeah, well. Like, was the host Billy Crystal? Did I read that? No. No? Who was the host? Uh, or did they not have uh, Regina King was the first one up. Okay. But I... I... No. <laughs> and they just had random people like appear who were like, you know... The, the you know the best performer in their price group <laughs> would like suddenly appear and and talk about you know the next category and the nominees and hmm. yeah it was very disappointing did they do an in memoriam uh yeah 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 it was weird Yeah, I just, I don't know. I I don't feel like award shows are worth it anymore. No, they're not. I mean, the Grammys with that, that whole shit production number about what ass, you know. <laughs> I was like, why did somebody think that was appropriate? <laughs> and how does that elevate the black experience? Because that was nothing but trash. Right. I mean, I think I think time, the time for award shows is kind of over. Well, yeah, but award shows exist for the ego. And I mean, we've talked about the, the Golden Globes and, you know, right. A bunch of Euro trash who wanted to meet movie stars. So they started giving awards. Right. But, I mean, that's really the only reason. And I don't even know that any of these award shows are um, genuine anymore. You know, I think a lot of it is marketing and, um, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, I don't I couldn't tell you the last award show that I watched all the way through. Oh, I don't watch any of them all the way through. I either DVR it or I just look for the performance clips the next day on YouTube. Well, that's that like the only the only reason why I watched the Golden Globes a couple of years in a row was for Ricky Gervais. And oh, yeah, to hear yeah, what he was going to say about people. After that, I was like, I really don't care. What 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 are we doing here? So, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a need for, and it is all ego. It's look at me. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it doesn't, I don't know how much it does anymore with, there used to be this thing of like, if you won an Academy Award, like you upped your, the, your salary for the next couple of years and mm-hmm. you got to put, you know, Academy Award winner on trailers to kind of hype your right. movie and shit. But yeah, it's not, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's. Well, and there was all this, this hubbub of um, like Glenn Close actively campaigning for her Oscar because she was in Hillbilly Elegy and, you know, she whined and dined the Oscar board of directors and all these, you know, people to try to get, (laughs) you know, the vote. And then she ends up doing the, you know, the, uh, the twerk on national TV. Oh, geez. Oh, you didn't see that? No. Oh, yeah. She full on does the twerk. Oh, uh, this was during. Uh huh. They had somebody like man in the audience interviewing different people from a safe distance. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Just look up Glenn Close twerk. All right, hang on. It's only like nine seconds worth of script of film. Glenn Close doing the butt dance. The Mm -hmm. butt dance. All right, here's the YouTube. Let's see. It. I mean, it befits an Academy Award-winning actress. Oh my. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's your grandmother doing twerking. Oh, what happened to Glenn Close, man? I I don't know. Cray cray. I think Corella Deville just made her snap. <laughs> I mean she was alright in Guardians of the Galaxy. I she but. was great in, in uh Fatal Traction. Well, yeah, I mean, a very young and I, one. I, yeah. Yeah, it's always weird when they go batshit crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So did she wind up winning the award? No. <laughs> nope. Uh, okay. All that campaigning for nothing. Wow. Uh, let's see. What is her? Like, there's nothing really on here, like, that I would watch from her. She was on no. Damages, that TV show that ran for a long time. Yeah. She was on The Shield for a while. She did. So... Bette Midler does this this charity event for the New York um, City Parks, and it's called Hulaween. And this year it was all uh, online because of COVID and shit. Um, and it basically had Bette Midler as Winifred from Hocus Pocus going around and talking to all these different uh characters and and 
people and shit. And then, you know, she ends up doing the whole, um, I put a spell on you thing with Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy and Jimmy, but Glenn Close is in it as Cruella DeVille. And it's like, she created the costume from, where'd you go? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. I, I leaned on the, uh, <laughs> the fade button. Oh. Um, she did. She was in it as Corella Deville, and she had like created this costume out of you know crap around her house, and she was very, uh, very manic, oh. <laughs> even for Corella. Oh. And I am looking forward to the Emma Stone Corella. Are you? Yeah. I mean, the, it's really piqued the, my interest. The trailer looks interesting for sure. It does. It it looks typically over the top. Uh, I think that that uh, Nanny McPhee. <laughs> what's her name? Oh Jesus! Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. No. Oh, it is okay. Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Emma Watson. <laughs> Um, I think Emma Thompson's going to steal it. Okay. I think her character is going to be so broad and larger than life. But I mean, I kind of like what they're trying to do with it. I like the bad guys. So you mean Emma Stone? Who'd I say? Oh, Emma, no, no. Emma Thompson is the Baroness. It's the Baroness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you think she's going to steal the the movie from Emma Stone? I think so. Okay. I think so. If I were a betting man. <laughs> oh, they dragged poor Mark Strong into this? Mm. <laughs> mm. This is coming straight to Disney Plus, right? Oh, no, I guess it's going in theaters, too. It's it's same day. Is it a premium, though, for this? Yes. Uh, so I will not be watching it until it's free. Disney needs to let that shit go. Stop trying to make that happen. It's the wave of the future, man. They're trying to monetize as not, much as they can out of this shit. Not $30, though. No? No. That's not worth it for, you know, a family of five? 15. Three kids, mom and dad? Cut cut it down to 15 I think you would get a lot better response. Well, I think that, it, that the premiere viewing costs more than your yearly or your monthly, you know, fees for it is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, they're doing it because they can, not because it's. They're terrified that even when we open up, people are not going to go back to the movies. And they should be. Oh, Definitely. But they think the answer to this, instead of coming up with a different movie-watching experience, is to turn to streaming. Right. And I don't know that that's the best idea. Well, but see, Disney Disney had announced that they were going to do... Um, there was all that talk about, like, they were going to shift everything towards streaming... Mm-hmm. And do more TV shows as opposed to movies and things like that. And it was like, okay, as long as you're not going to pull this shit where 
you know, because we're right around the corner from, well, Disney Plus is just Disney stuff. And right. then if you want Marvel, then that's there's the Marvel be Channel, and then there's the the Star the Wars Disney upcharge, yes. and all this shit, yep. and that's gonna drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, I think they'll lose a lot of people if they actually go and do that. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're because gonna lose families the are just gonna get fucking fed up. Yeah, I mean, and if this is their thing of like, well, we're gonna we're gonna do the premium thing to try to avoid that, but. <sighs> I still think it's a slippery slope. I, I don't mm-hmm. see how this ends well for the consumer. Yeah. Cause you can't tell me that they made a shitload of money on Mulan and that dragon last dragon thing. I don't see families paying 30 bucks for either one of those. <sighs> no. I mean, we watched Mulan and I was like, come on. Like I'm super glad we didn't pay the the premiere thing access for this because I would have been pissed. Well, I liked I liked the original one, you know, Crouching Dragon, Hidden Tiger, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. I just so so I think that um, in a cartoon setting, it's a lot easier to suspend some disbelief for certain things. Because, you know, you got some magic going on and blah, blah, blah. But in live action, there is no way that the other people in that room didn't know that that was a, a woman. Whether, oh, yeah. Whether Definitely. she was, she was, she had the, like a corset thing on to squish her boobs down or not. Mm-hmm. Just looking at her, you were like, that's a girl. Right. So why are these people so stupid? And then... Like yeah, uh, uh, there's no Mushu. Like, what the hell's going on? Oh, I know, right? I mean, you got yeah. the, the woman that turns into a bird. Why couldn't you do Mushu? Like, sure. I I I don't get it. I nope. think I think what is going to happen though. I think a lot of people are probably going to end up buying the Black Widow movie. And if it sucks. It's going to kill them. Yeah. But, I mean, with the Marvel track record right now. Yeah. Even a it's bad be movie. It's hard. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really curious now because now they're saying that they, they've been talking with um, Scarlett Johansson about coming back into the Marvel universe. And it's like, how does that work? That's weird. Is it going to be one of those multiverse things where they yeah. pull her in from somewhere else and she's just back. Yeah, right. Like, okay, fine. But like, does that tie to the movie? Probably not. <laughs> Unless there's this weird thing where like you've come to realize that what you're watching is like an alternate universe, black widow. And at the very end, a portal opens up and Dr. Strange is standing there. Uh, and he's like, yeah. come with me. If you want to live. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think that'll be Disney's biggest grocer for this premium access thing. 
I could see that. I definitely. I mean, with how well received that WandaVision was and Falcon and Winter Soldier and we'll be into Loki by that time. Yep. You know, I mean, they, they've been knocking it out of the park. So great for them. Keep yeah. doing it. Keeps me employed. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I think like this, this movie has been hyped up for a while and with all the pushbacks and stuff, I really think that like at the end of the day, people are going to watch it no matter what, because they're starved for like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It's been two years since Spider-Man and like, People are really jonesing for that like big Marvel action and they've gotten a bunch of it in the Disney plus shows, but they want to see spectacle. And if they don't have to leave their homes with COVID still going on, I think that's when they're like, Hey, let's, let's bring a bunch of people over um, that have, that have gotten their, their vaccinations and we'll split the 30 bucks and we'll get pizza and we'll just sit there and watch it. You know, if you if you do two families of four, you know, then that's 15 bucks a family plus food. You're probably going to you're probably going to sell a lot of those. Yeah. And I don't even know how that access works. Like, do you pay the thirty dollars and you can watch it as often as you want? Or do you get to watch it once? Oh, see, I don't know that. How? Let's figure this out. How Disney Plus Premier Access works. Uh, the, the Disney Plus Premier Access is a purchase option for Disney Plus subscribers enabling members to pay an extra $30 one-time fee to gain early streaming access to a movie. Once purchased, Disney members can continue to stream or download a Premiere Access movie for as long as they remain a subscriber. Mm, you know, I can go out and buy the DVD for nineteen ninety nine, but eventually, it's just going to be put on for like the right. general access. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you're paying thirty bucks to watch it as many times as you want before it's. It- it's on the regular. It's that early channel. access thing. Yeah. Early access. You're special. Yep. Yeah. It's a cash grab. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is all how. So the premiere access window for Mulan began on September 4th and ran until December 4th. Uh, meanwhile, the, so per- 90 days. The, the premiere access window for Raya and the Last Dragon began on March 5th and will end June 4th. Okay. So you're getting to see it like three months ahead of everybody else. Is that important to some people? Well, I think, see, and this is why I think the Marvel thing will work for Disney Plus is because anybody who gets it then or goes to the theater to see it is now on the Internet screaming spoilers. Uh Uh-huh. And I think to be part of the conversation, Marvel fans that are too timid to go to the movie theater 
are going to buy it. It's just so that they can be part of that conversation. Mm. Cause one of the weird things about the HBO max situation is you can only watch it for 30 days. Like it's only on the channel for 30 days and then it goes off to some other, um, service. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so wonder woman came out on, um, Christmas. Okay. And then January 25th, it was gone. Oh, really? Yeah. Even though HBO max has all the other DC stuff that went somewhere else to be. Okay. That's a weird concept. Yeah, well, and that was the deal that they struck, I guess, with the movie theaters. Oh, was, was you can watch it, but you only have 30 days to do it, which mm. if, if something comes out then that you want to see that you don't watch within 30 days, like then you really didn't want to see it. Yeah. I just don't think any of these people are going to beat Netflix. I think Netflix has, has their shit locked down to where they have enough, enough good original content that people aren't going to shy away from Netflix where if Disney plus does the shit where they start cutting the channel up, I could see people leaving and then just pirating the Disney plus shows. (laughs) Why the fuck would you? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird world we're living in. All right. You got anything else for this week? (sighs) No. Next time we talk, I'll be in another time zone. So are we, are, are you going to be calling into the show from abroad? I think I can Okay. at least the first two weeks. Cause I'll be locked down in a hotel room. <laughs> it's a matter of what happens to the internet when I get to the other location. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, cause we've been doing zoom calls, so. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It'll be. Yeah. Well, hang on. I'll be five hours ahead of you. Before we go, I need to figure out. Uh, This is really interesting for people to listen to. (laughs) Look, it's season two. What are they expecting? That we finally get our shit together? No. Or is that season three? Is that with episode 1001? You really think it's going to last that long? I don't know. (laughs) I ain't going anywhere. All right, so this should be interesting. Uh, Oh, come on. You're not going to tell me the distance? Of what? How far away I am? Yeah. Like, you can't... Motherfucker. All that for nothing. Well, put your location into Google Maps and then put London, England. I did that. And and click on directions. I I did that and it it came up empty. Oh. Uh, 
4,070 miles. Okay. So, be 4,000 miles away. I'll wave. Mm-hmm. See if you see me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, fuck, I forgot how to end the show. Jesus. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. Until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Get your damn shot. <laughs> <laughs>